Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's up, you guys? Welcome to another awesome episode. Uh, out here, we're about to launch this podcast. I'm probably going to air this. This is going to be Protector Podcast. And I've got an honored guest here, someone I've known for a while who's been impacting the space heavily of uh, prevention with regards to human trafficking and abuse for children. Rosie Cataldo, how you doing? Good to I'm, see you. I'm great. Thank you for having me. No, it's an honor. Absolutely. Uh, people like you, like you, I, I see you as an inspiration, you know, for folks that are like, what can I do? Like, how can I impact this thing? And I'm like, you just get to work. You, you take what you got from where you're at and you get to work. And everyone has a voice and everyone can have an impact and everyone's got a unique experience that empowers them to have that impact. If you just give what you got, you get more and you do more, you know? So you've been awesome to work with and to talk to. So I want to honor you with that for sure. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you for all that you do. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's, <laughs> um, it's really phenomenal what you do and how you've taken what you've learned to help other people be um, safer and peaceful yet dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yes. Be peaceful, not harmless, you know, um, real quick, just so everyone understands what is it that you're into these days? What are you doing out there in the space? So my primary lane that I'm in is prevention education. I am the director of outreach for, uh, an organization called Childhood Victories, and they're outside of Chicago. And they, uh, the founder is Victor Pacini, and he brings uh, abuse prevention education to schools. He uses his own personal experience. Uh, he's a survivor of sexual abuse at age eight by a family friend, and he told no one for 11 years. And that was extremely traumatizing. And he is using his pain to empower youth so that the same thing doesn't happen to him. And he just encourages kids to be seen and to be heard. And I reached out to him because what he's doing is so vital and important. And also it most definitely overlaps within human trafficking, which is my passion um, preventing that. Um, there's so much room for prevention within human trafficking and, and awareness. So if we can prevent vulnerabilities like physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, that is, that is vital. Um, we want to focus so much on the peanut allergy in, in the classroom and we need to really, allergies, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we really need to look at look at these issues um, and help help kids. And it's not only just amazing and wonderful for kids to be, just to have more tools in their tool belt to be safer, but we're 
actually interrupting abuse as well, which is a double-edged sword. It's, it's, it's really gut-wrenching on one hand to know that this, this student is experiencing um, adversities, abuse. But then on the other hand, we have played a role with, with the school and with the, with the teacher in interrupting it. So that's, that's just, that's why I'm here. That's the first time that I was able to do that was very transformative. And I thought, wow, every single kid needs this. It's, it's a life skill. That's awesome. And I think, you know, just want everyone to know you don't have to be special forces in order to fight human trafficking. Okay, guys, everyone can do something. Everyone should do something, even if it's raising awareness. But more than that, especially if it's on your heart, you know, those of you who have had children, you know, this is impactful. You know, you can only imagine, you know, it's just, yeah. So it's a righteous, righteous battle. And I think it really permeates so much of everyone's reality and everyone's life in so many ways, more than I think we realize, you know, uh, fortunately I didn't have to deal with that growing up. So I think there's a lot of people out there that just don't really think about it, you know, um, or don't obviously don't want to think about it. Um, so how would, how, how prevalent is childhood abuse? And then maybe if you could talk about some of the impacts it has on our society that people don't realize or some of the outcomes. Well, you know, you have two, to, two huge questions. Yeah, you have <laughs> yeah. to take statistics with a grain of salt, but right. um, one in four girls and one in four boys will experience a form of sexual abuse prior to age 18. And That's it, boys. Yes, yes. And it is 91% of those cases involve someone the child knows or kind of knows. So it's like stranger danger is really, it's not, yes, um, abductions happen, but the uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and even trafficking is formed through relationships. So being, being tricked into trust. So it's really a very delicate issue and a very taboo issue. And, um, some schools embrace it. Some schools have to have to teach this. There are 37 states in the U.S. that have passed a law called Aaron's Law. Erin um, herself is a survivor of sexual abuse, and she developed this law to have safety, um, mm. body safety prevention education to be brought into schools. So it's fantastic. Um, I unfortunately am in a state of Minnesota where the law has been passed. Uh, but they altered the wording in the law. So it's not a mandate, but schools are allowed, allowed to teach it, which is very, it's just um, really hard. Why would you go and bother to pass a law? Yeah, it's a waste of time because why would you bother to pass a law when you're not, when, when you're not fully on board? And it's, it's, it can be costly. It can be time consuming. A lot is put on schools, but when there are people on the other end uh, profiting from vulnerable kids, it's really past the time to look at this. So, yeah. I mean, you said it, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, that's because, you know, I've, I've understood more deeply, you know, you always hear the love of money is the root of all evil. And I was always kind of like, yeah, that's cool. You know, but like, as I've looked at the way our world's been shaped, you know, the man, the world's made for money, not mankind anymore. Your doctor, your food you're eating is made for money, not for you. So it's causing cancer. Like it's just so many things now we were, 
given a planet that has everything we need to exist and thrive and we've, we've put this other world over it, you know? And so when I see things like that, that don't make sense, I just follow the money and I usually find they make perfect sense, you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately. It's very lucrative. It's yeah. It's the fat human trafficking is the fastest growing worldwide illegal enterprise. So it's a over 150 billion, that's a B billion dollar industry. And so we really, we have to take a look at it. It's passing the drug trade. So if we can talk to fifth graders about how to not, um, you know, stay away from alcohol and drugs, we absolutely need to talk to them about how to stay safer online and put up defenses so that they don't engage in high risk behaviors. Uh, Well put. Absolutely. Well put. You know, the digital realm has added a whole nother uh, layer of vulnerability to civilians' lives. You know, it used to be like, hey, situational awareness, like don't look at your phone while you walk around. It's like now it's like, how are you behaving on your phone and how are you making yourself and your family vulnerable? Um, And what are your kids doing? You know, um, it's just there's so much more to consider. 90% of um, exploitation begins with um, online connections. Yeah. And grooming online, you know, so uh, parents don't just fire and forget, make sure you have some controls on those phones, some oversights on those phones, you know? Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't think any human should be confronted with uh, predator predators like that until their brains are developed enough to be able to, to, to navigate those types of interactions. You know, that stuff's huge. So Mm -hmm. this is part of parenting. You hit the nail on the head because um, so many things need to um, come into play when you are combating human trafficking. So just what you were saying in the beginning is so many people say, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? Well, first of all, like what line of work are you currently in? You don't have to quit your day job and start a nonprofit. You can use your own innate skills. I mean, ranging from, you know, freeze are you a banker do you have you know can you be following some money trails because freezing assets will put a stop to a lot of this criminal activity wow um you know even your even foster care adoption um huge even just being an active and engaged parent you're yeah. fighting human trafficking because one of the root causes for this is you know the breakdown of the family unit even even you know some people might have a single parent working for jobs and they you know are doing the best they can but there are all these other vulnerabilities that can that can creep in and dangerous situations and you can have parents who are um, both working full-time have fantastic jobs but they're not devoting enough time and attention to their kids and and again, they'll, the kids look elsewhere for attention um, right. to fill those voids. It's all right. about on both sides, the buyer, the Johns and um, the, the, the victim. Yeah, there are both sides. If you peel back the layers and look, it's all about filling voids. Yeah. So That's some awesome. people are. Yeah. That's some people are filling them in really um, unhealthy ways. Right. Um, and some people are empty and looking, looking for a connection and, and going about it in a dangerous way. So yeah, one thought too, is, 
you know, help your kids fill voids with things that'll boost their confidence, you know, like sports and hobbies that help them develop an internal innate self-worth. Like I'm good at art. I can do this. I'm good at an instrument. I can, I, I I'm, I'm on a team and I've got a, a group, you know, like things that can help build self-confidence, make you less vulnerable um, from other people trying to define you or redefine you or, um, and then put labels and things on you. That's a thought. I, one real quick thing I'll add too, is we did a podcast a while back. It's episode 27 on the protector podcast with, uh, Emily Chen. Uh, and she is a, she's an Asian American. Uh, and you know, she was, uh, sharing her story about how she survived human trafficking and, um, you know, of course, you you, st- you see the beginning of the podcast and you're like, oh, this was something you experienced over, you know, in the Philippines or something before you came to good old America, you know? And she's like, no, I was raised in America. I believe she said California. And I got trafficked after I left to go to school in Irvine. Okay. I met a guy and uh, was groomed and then put in a situation where she was locked up in an apartment for an extended for like, I was it weeks or months. And then uh, fortunately law enforcement kicked the door in one day and just rescued her. Fortunately, by the grace of God, um, there are hundreds of thousands of people in that position right now that that's not happening for. So yes. um, this is something that can impact your your children and people you know at any real point in time um, yes. throughout their development on the way to adulthood. And it doesn't just happen in other countries. We're, I think, one of the biggest consumers of these. Uh, yeah, we're U.S. is in the U.S., we are the number one demand. Yep. Yes. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I tell people, like, don't don't be like me. Don't wait for this issue to come over you like a tsunami wave. Yeah. Um, just be proactive. Um, get engaged with a local nonprofit or do some volunteer work. Um, just educate yourself because. I, um, I'll share with you why I'm so passionate about this in my community, my friends, toddlers were pulled into a very sophisticated sex trafficking ring and the nanny served as the pimp. Mm -hmm. So there were, there was a whole intricate system set up and, uh, people would come in and out of the home to violate Well, that's actually a really nice word. It's child rape. So human trafficking, sex trafficking involving a child is child rape. So people would come into the home posing as fake moms and dads, fake grandmas and grandpas and rape the children. And the parents would be tracked and monitored. So the perpetrators would know their whereabouts. And it's just, it blew my mind. I was just aware of of trafficking as a whole and the super bowl had come to minneapolis three years ago and there were lots of great work being done to spread awareness and lots of sting operations had been set up to to interrupt some trafficking operations and so that's when i first kind of had my antenna up about this and then when i learned about how like what a market there is for children very young children i'm talking 2 years old so these children cannot even voice some of them if you know they're not not all kids are talking at two can't even voice what is what is happening to them so that 
um, beyond disturbing. I, I couldn't sleep at night. And I thought, what can I do? Like, what can I do? My background is in journalism. I was a media rep for the Federal Reserve Bank um, in public affairs. So I thought, um, then the FBI had an opening in their public affairs. And I thought, I'm going for it. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, one day there were like five um, unmarked cars following me. And it, I thought perhaps they were following me, checking up on me. And I'm like, yes, they're going to call me for an interview. And later yeah. on, I, I spoke with someone who works in the FBI and they're like, yeah, no, that's not what they don't do that. Not how they do that. So, but to be honest, like I just, I, I'm a very spiritual person. I totally believe in God. And I ask God, like, what can I do? Like, what can I do? I need help. Like, what can and I do in this realm and prevention education landed in my lap through a stranger. So I was doing some prevention on a smaller scale uh, for a couple of years. And then last year joined forces with childhood victories. And so it, there's so many, this uh, human trafficking is so deep and widespread yeah. that they're just, um, there are a lot of great things um, being done to help survivors and to raise awareness, which is so important and vital. However, just as important, if not more important, is prevention. So we're going to get, right. as you know, with your background, we're going to get nowhere being reactive. Right. So you already, you already, you already missed your opportunity. So in to be able to have conversations and empower kids with local schemes and what's going on and how to, it's all about awareness and avoidance so that they can um, just, just have more knowledge to be safe and make better decisions. And they can't do it alone. Like you can't just go into a school and drop a prevention program on a, on a teen and then, Oh, you're good. No, it's an ongoing process. It's um, it's, just like you were saying, it's having those support systems and support networks because not all kids have that. You know, we preach, you know, um, you know, you got to love yourself before you love someone else. Well, let's rewind here. <laughs> not everyone grows up in a safe home with loving parents. So we have to be able to, you know, go outside ourselves, go outside our, our circle, get uncomfortable and, you know, allow ourselves to be a mentor, uh, be a coach. Um, people who are teachers have in, encouraged kids to set up groups so they talk to each other about safe dating and what they're experiencing. And is this normal? Is this okay? Hey, I got an opportunity to, to do some sugaring. What do you guys think? Don't do it. Don't do it. So sugaring is Sugaring is a business opportunity for um, young people to sell their sell themselves, sell their time, like dates, like dates. But it's not just dating. It's not just coffee. It's all about sex. So um, they're they're teenagers, even in my area, who think this is okay. This is a great side hustle. Want to save for college, and and dangerous dangerous things result from it. So, so to rewind, having these student support groups um, so they can share experiences one, with one another is huge because not all kids are going to talk to their parents. They might be embarrassed or ashamed about 
um, about being sexually assaulted or, or something they feel um, they're embarrassed about doing online. Uh, so it's just super important to have those peer groups so they can serve as resources for each other and have a school liaison to be able to talk to each other because there's so many so many schemes out there ranging from um, job opportunities that are false or even college interviews that are held off campus that are that are not legit college interviews. So traffickers are very smart. Um, they are entrepreneurs in the worst sense of the word because they're constantly finding new ways and new tactics to engage, um, to trick people into trusting them. So it's just, it's, it's leveling up. It's, it's a constant game of leveling up and, and being on top of different, um, different schemes. There was one locally where um, a gentleman was posing as a modeling uh, a modeling agent. It was a male posing as a female modeling um, agent online, and yeah. he was then going after local um, local sports teams, high school sports teams, and he would um, uh, flatter flatter them and engage with them. And then some pictures were shared that that slid into inappropriate pictures being shared. And then that morphed into sextortion. And this gentleman is not a gentleman. This criminal is now in jail. But as a result, there were over 200 uh, people he exploited. And two of those high school boys committed suicide as a result of the sextortion. So it's, it's, it is very serious. It's really important. It's hard to talk about these things with your kids, but it is really important um, to talk about them and keep an open line of communication. 100%. Wow. That's a lot of good info in there. I think some of the things you said there that were pretty awesome really, you know, had to do with the fact that, you know, this isn't like a one exposure kind of party where we're talking about really trying to uh, help prevent these things. You know, it's kind of more like plant the seeds, water the seeds, make sure the uh, individuals, you know, the teens or the youth feel comfortable, know that they have tools, they can depend on those tools. Um, and then hopefully they do take advantage of those tools. Um, and, and it's a smart approach, you know, and meeting them kind of at their level, you know, in their environments with their peers and things like that. Um, because it's, we're up against, uh, so much in culture, you know, that can make it okay. Like I said, the world's made for money, not mankind. When I was young, I was looking for ways to make money. You know, fortunately I was in a good environment at a private school and, um, I just chose to uh, mow lawns, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was out my lawn mowing business, baby. But I was an entrepreneur too, because I came up with this. <laughs> I almost got kicked out of school because I made this, I put sugar and Kool-Aid together and I was selling hypo to all the kids in class. And <laughs> I'll never forget, they caught me. They're like, open your backpack. And I had all these little baggies of sugar and, and, and Kool-Aid. And they're like, what is this? I'm like, it's hypo. And because kids were getting just uh, twacked out in class and going crazy, you know. But I made a pretty penny for they caught me. But they were like, Byron, you're at a private school. You're about to be out. And of course, I'm the only black guy there, right? So they're like, we got one of these dudes in here selling drugs. They thought I was selling drugs at first. And then, you know. Anyways, got, you know, hey, 
Um, so, but that, that's a huge drive. It's a huge motivator, you know, for kids and everything. You don't want to ask your parents for everything your whole entire life. So, which feels like your life when you're those at those ages and you can make real money doing these things. And, and, and of course, one of the biggest things we're struggling with in the world right now is the attack on values, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the, the, the tectonic plates of our society are being shifted as they redefine our value, redefine values for people who don't really, really know who they are or why they believe what they believe. Um, and when you're a teenager, that stuff's in flux, you know, you've got parents and people that aren't as cool telling you, you know, to do all these things. You don't know why you don't, you don't care about eating your vegetables till you get older and you realize, yo, I need to eat my vegetables. Um, so, um, I see the, the vulnerabilities are huge and that's really big. What would you say about prevention? Kind of the one-on-one, I know you kind of talked about it a little bit here, but if you were going to give people some cliff notes on really prevention and detection, you know, like mm-hmm. what do you really need to, to educate, do, and look for in order to fight this thing, um, without having to kick doors down and go grab kids. Like I always want to do. Um, well, that is at the heart of what, what I'm trying to do. I wrote, I wrote a curriculum, which my prevention partner, um, Victor, the founder of childhood victories is kindly sharing his platform for me. So I wrote the value project and we are bringing it into schools. We've got California schools purchasing it, which is super exciting, but So precisely what we're trying to do is the formula I'm using is unique because I have a unique lens and there are a few other prevention programs out there, but I, I have my own lens. I'm coming from real world experiences and utilizing information from survivors and overcomers. They have to be at the forefront of prevention because they've gone through this. And so just with all the, the, um, my own experiences through my friend and her children, which I shared and survivor experiences, I think a great formula is getting into schools to number one, empower kids and let them know their uniqueness. Um, like, no, you're not like some gift to the world, but you are unique. Like you are unique and you have unique gifts that no one else has because these many kids don't have that an awesome home life. They don't have people there who are their cheerleaders. So need that support. Uh, Kids, youth who have been trafficked, trafficked have said, I just wanted someone to love me, or I just wanted to fill my time. So Mm -hmm. those are two huge, huge elements we can, we can work with. Traffickers prey on vulnerable kids. So let's prevent some of them. So going into schools and highlighting the uniqueness of kids, um, helping them get a support system going, showing them tools and strategies for Um, engaging in support systems that are available to them if they feel comfortable and safe doing that in their school environment or a community environment if their home life is not not safe. And then like, what is trafficking? Define it. What is it? What is it? What does it look like? What does it look like? Well, like, hey, like, you know, like in our, you know, I'm 47. So my husband's five years older than I am. Big deal. We graduated at the same time, but 
if you're in high school and there's a five-year age gap, red flag, red flag, even like two to five years. No, that is a huge red flag. So right there, an age difference, um, someone offering, there are different types of, there are different types of pimps. So there's like the Romeo pimp who's going to offer flattery and compliments and, oh, you know, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And this process can happen. I've seen it happen, take um, a few days and I've seen it in two years. So mm-hmm. it's just a process of tricking that person into trust, filling their voids, really getting to know them. It's a total, it's a complete manipulation game. Yeah, so, so we've got grooming kind of process. Yes. So the Romeo, the promise of love, you've got a finesse pimp, um, luring with false promises, you know, like a job, um, modeling, Um, things like that. And you've got your CEO type pimp who sees sexual exploitation as just a business and, and people as commodities. And they're just going to go in and and do whatever they can, you know, like an Epstein do whatever they can to manipulate, manipulate those teens into turning a profit for that CEO. And then there are gorilla type pimps. You know, these are gang involved typically that are extremely dangerous and they are not afraid to utilize someone else's. um, They're not afraid to kill off one of their one of their girls. It's typically a a female to show um, um, coercion control over over the other people that they're that they're exploiting. So, so lots of different types of targets, lots of different types of, of, of pimping, I should say. Yeah. But then, so teaching kids like, Hey, if someone is just really, really too good to be true and something's going on inside your body, like, huh, it just feels off. This doesn't feel right. Listen to that. Listen to it. That is like, You've talked about this before. It's, you know, it's common sense to some of us, but some other people need reminders. Always go with your gut. Trust your gut feeling. That is your number one safety and security tool. I give an instinct. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So don't override it. Don't let your so many women in particular let their polite factor override their fear factor. And that yeah. is a very dangerous place to be. Yep. Um, so teach I, I talk about it with my wife. I'm like, you're woman branding this. Okay. Stop. Don't, don't give this person some beautiful excuse for why they're being stupid right now. Okay. Take it at face value. If something feels off, don't come up with some, re- don't, don't assign them uh, motivation for what they're doing. You know, if you don't, if, and, and Gavin DeBecker wrote an amazing book about this called the gift of oh. food. All y'all need to read that book and you need to make your kids read the book and your wives and daughters read the book. Another great book, uh, Tim Lichen wrote a book called When Violence is the Answer. Huge book. You need to like tape your kids ears open and force them. Women and children, everyone else who's not a natural organic combatant needs to like force force them this information. It's so good. You can get a lot of it by going to protectyournation.com and watching the presentations we have online right now about them. But uh, this education is huge for so many areas of life when it comes to safety and prevention, even business deals. I mean, come on, y'all. 
you yeah. got more senses than you realize your gut is huge. It's actually your second, another part of your brain that people don't actually talk about very often, but anyway, sorry, side note. No, exactly. We're all about side notes, but yeah. even, even feeding off that, like the gift of fear. So, um, talking to teens about dating strategies, like what seems just like common sense to right. To some of us, others are completely oblivious to like group dates rock, like totally take advantage of the group dates. And if you do have an opportunity and this goes for, you know, people in the dating world too, whatever your age is. So yeah. have, um, have someone know, at least two other people know where you're going and always go to a public location and piggybacking off Gavin DeBecker yeah. on a first date, never, ever ever go to a second location just keep it at keep it at a public place and be done and um if it's if they're worthy of your time for a second date you can strategize where you're going to go for your second date but keep it at a public location have code words those are huge have a code word with a family member have a code word with your bestie so that you know you can text them the code word and they know boom all right i know where you are i'm going to come and help you Yes. Don't be afraid to make up a, an excuse to get out of an uncomfortable situation. You don't owe you don't own this owe this person anything. You know, yeah. it's an opportunity to get to know the person, and that's why you date. Like, yeah. uh, so are you? Places. Are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. So just again, simple, simple strategies. I use an example of a study date. So let's say this actually happened. So um, a class was assigned to um, do a project with a partner. So a female a student went to a male student's house. She didn't know him very well. And there was another person in the home, but uh, they studied. They went down to the basement to study and no one was in the basement and she was sexually assaulted. So I, I present this to kids. And although it is never, ever the victim's fault, what could have been done differently to prevent this? and give the kids a moment to turn and talk and come up with solutions. And they know they're like, Hey, study with the bigger group or go to a cafe or go to the school library. Go to Starbucks, so, you know? it, precisely. So um, just, just giving them different ways to think about situations. Like you don't have to be boxed into a situation you're not comfortable with. Right. So, and I know now, you know, we're so, um, so anti-profiling, however, it is a, a safety mechanism for you. I don't care. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care what color you are. Where are you? What kind of vibe are you giving off? And like, are you making my inner siren go off? Like I need to take a different route. So, yep. or, um, just trust that and don't, don't feel like, Oh, this person looks a certain way. I'm judging or- or the guilt yes. thing. Like, yeah. don't be like, oh, I don't want to be judgy. Like, no, 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 no. Yes. If yes. you're in one, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck one. Two, you know, and that's something that I had to realize growing up as a black dude. Sometimes, you know, I get problems with the cops and people be like, well, they're being racist. I'm like, but all the drug dealers here look like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like when I was in Iraq, I was like, I was like, so I I just got to be smart, you know, like I got to be smart about what I'm doing because I look like the dudes doing the hood rat stuff right now. Like 
this is just logic. Or like when I, we were in Iraq and it was like, all right, well, you know, profiling is life. Like if these dudes are wearing their man dresses, then they're probably herding sheep. But if they're wearing Adidas and track suits, then they're probably Alibaba today. So, you know, this is a survival thing. Mm-hmm. There should be, I think. And the other thing about profiling real quick is everyone's profiling. Okay. Mm-hmm. You profile the girl that just walked into Starbucks. You're profiling. People are profiling you when they're trying to sell stuff to you and you walk in a store. Profiling is an intelligent human behavior that will help you survive and thrive. Almost no matter what kind of business you're in, you got to profile customers. This is just part of the human experience. They try to make it a bad thing. And your safety and security is your responsibility. I'm not going to blame the the victim because, you know, someone decided to come in and shoot the place up. But I will definitely say that you have to take responsibility for your security because your protection quotient, PQ, your ability to protect yourself is what protects every other right and opportunity and the ability to breathe and everything you have, you know, so. Um, these things, this is a, 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 like a paramount consideration. This is something that is more important than a lot of the different types of decisions you make inside of a day mm-hmm. is what you, the decisions you make concerning your own security. So I always try to get people to realize that. And it's an unapologetic, Hey, I just don't feel right. You know, uh, someone's following me or maybe someone's following me. Maybe they're not, but I am still going to dip into this Starbucks right here and just maybe ask to use your bathroom and hang out in here for a second to see if they continue following me or if, if they, if they pull off, you know, right. it's so powerful. Use it leverage is. the public and ruthlessly <laughs> err on the side of safety. Oh, there's some guy about to get in the elevator with me. I don't feel quite comfortable. You know what? I got a call. I just got a phone call, walk away, you know, take another lap, go back out to the lobby and come back and see what's going on. You may have just saved your life and your future. Yes. You're speaking my language. Yes. <laughs> I, I, one activity I throw at, I toss out to kids. It's like, Hey, just go like sit, whether you're at the park, the mall, the airport in your lunchroom at yeah. school, like just take a minute to observe. You can, you can read so much about a person before they even speak, you know, right. like, and even doing this with your young kids, like, Hey, what type of energy is that person getting up, giving right. off? Like, what right. does their face look like? What right. kind of posture do they have? Do they, do they look even asking your preschooler, does yeah. that person look happy, angry, sad? Their body yeah. language says it all. So just dialing it back. We're, we're so busy and so distracted. And it's part of the problem is that we just have to, to dial it back and spend time tapping in and, and planning ahead and, yeah. and exactly like analyzing people because it is for your protection. Yeah. Another thing I'll mention right before we uh, transition a little bit is who here doesn't really have an alibi. You know, I'm at the park with with loved ones, and I'm like, so who in this environment looks like they might be just here for the wrong reasons or here watching? You know, we get to an airport, we're getting ready to leave the airport in a in a space or a country that's questionable. Who here stands out? Why do they stand out? Well, these people are obviously waiting for an Uber. These people are getting their bags. They just got off a plane. But this guy over here is just kind of sitting over here looking at everyone who's who's just arrived. Like, what is he doing? You know, what's his alibi? Okay, well, let's pay a little extra attention to that guy and let's see if he's mm-hmm. paying attention to us. You know, these are the types of things that just try to. And, and the other thing is it doesn't you don't have to go spend a decade in a dojo or at the range to live a safer pattern of life. I'm a professional 
I help people live safer patterns of life as a civilian. And I try to get those skills through all these online mediums and training events to people like you're a single mom. Well, if you learn about profiling and you learn about situational awareness, not just be situationally aware, but you learn like context, you know, where are you going? Tactical positioning. Where's everyone in relation to you? Rolling risk assessments. Are you looking at your risks, how your behaviors are impacting your vulnerabilities times who's around and what's going on? You know, if you're starting to think this way, you will live a safer pattern of life. <laughs> and, you you know, you, even if you spent a decade at the dojo, the best part, it doesn't always win. You know, you don't want to get into a, a combative altercation because there's so much chance, you know, we can all be, we can all be, we can all lose. So um, these are the real skills of protection and security. These soft skills, the software, the way to think and move through this world. Mm-hmm. I always want to drive that home for folks because they always just want to get out on the range with me. And I'm like, listen, you and your family can live so much safer with some preparation and education. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously hard skills are also important, but 90% of everything we avoid just through this IQ, this protection quotient. Yeah. You know, um, so important. Just, so, just simple, simple things like yeah. the good old fashioned rule of using the buddy system. Yeah. That is gonna, that's going to save your life in college. That is going to save your life or whatever, even post post high school, you, you start going to parties and um, you just have to know these, these rules of the game. If, yeah. if you're going to engage in that, um, yeah. as even highlighting drinking and drug use, that is a really great way to up your vulnerability. So yeah. because you're um, just not as aware, your your defenses are down and your judgment is off. And um, you've got to be, if you're going to engage in that, you have to have someone with you who has your back because yep. you could be just in a horrible situation if you don't. Especially if you're not as physically potent as, you know, most people, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm a, I mean, I'm a combat veteran, like who's trained my entire life for war. And I still, when I was in that party scene, after I got out of the Marine Corps, had experience where uh, people were trying to victimize me even. And I was like, did this really just happen? And it was just the grace of God and the grace of God that I fortunately was like, we need to leave, you know? before like passing out <laughs> you know, before right. you know right. and, and fortunately i'm just you know he's created me to be really strong and and listen you know and saved you know myself you know and the people who were with me a lot of trauma so don't think you're above it you know don't think you're above it and i was you know 260 pounds ready to kill anything i had to and it still was a thing you know so hey you have to be careful you have to be careful <laughs> Trust who you're hanging out with and don't waste your time on, on false friends. Once you find out there, once you find out they don't really have your back, there's no point in no point in continuing that friendship, but so many things, so many, what were you going to ask? Oh, no, no, no. I was going to, what are some signs when it comes to children and those who can't protect themselves that parents and guardians should be looking for to detect any type of uh, abuse or victimization. Okay. Really good question. Um, like regarding what happened to my friend's kids, um, she detected, uh, they were 
it's called circular play or repetitive play. The kids were doing the same things over and over and over. And she thought, what is going on? That was her first tip off. Mm. But um, for kids, um, maybe they've been potty trained and then they're wetting the bed. Um, that's, that's one thing. It's not, it's not a, it's not like, oh my gosh, they're wetting the bed now something happened. It's not that, but it's just something to, to be curious about, to keep in mind and to look into if, um, they all of a sudden start becoming really clingy and needy and their personality has shifted, um, becoming, um, you know, they were on a great path and enjoying, you know, grade school and then just did a, a flip and, um, the behavior switched, um, so just things like that to be curious and to be aware of, and just to know um, what they're doing, who they're hanging out with, who their coaches are, who their teachers are, um, because a predator can be anybody. Mm-hmm. So a sexual predator can be anyone. It can be, it's not just in the Catholic system. It's not just in the Boy Scouts. It's everywhere. Yeah. So um, just to keep that in mind and have your antenna up some other, um, some other signs would be just a lack of interest in something that you were once really passionate about. Um, all of a sudden you're just full on soccer player and then, Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, a loss of interest in, um, a loss of interest in anything that you really were passionate about, um, mood, mood changes, behavior changes, possible depression, anxiety. So things like that, just to be, just to be in tune with how your kid typically acts mm-hmm. and, um, any, any sudden or gradual shifts in behavior. And that's really hard with teenagers because their brain is going through such a massive transformation that they are moody, um, different, you know, so it's just keeping, keeping that open dialogue, open communication with your kiddo and knowing they need to know that you love them unconditionally and nothing that they could, nothing they could ever do will change your love for them. So I think when they know, when kids know their parents have their back 100%, um, that's, that's huge. That's really huge. So then you, like my kids share stuff with me. I would never have shared with my parents, but I'm really glad for that because it's just the, an open dialogue and no way I'm not, a, no one's a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect parent, but when you try your best and, um, and keep engaged with your kids and have trust, trust with them and accountability. It's really huge. So there, there are many, many red flags. Um, one, like, you know, totally obvious one is I mean, tattoos. Like if yeah. tattoos are a way of um, like that, this is getting away from little kids, but tattoos are a way for um, the pens uh, to mark, right? yes, to show ownership. Um, it, yeah, totally. So anyone who wants to get a neck tattoo I'm like you want to rethink that like just double think that um so that's one one thing one like school nurses are really really on the front lines of helping detect abuse because um I mean this is not this is not um, pleasant to talk about but if a younger girl starts menstruating sooner mm-hmm. than the typical age, that is, that could be a 
that could be a red flag right there. And so girls who are having, continuing to go to the school nurse for, you know, quote unquote, female issues, and it's really anxiety. So, so school nurses can really be on the watch for this and, um, and monitor if someone is coming in frequently with the same issues, um, just to be keeping tabs and really diving into what's going on. So, but otherwise with teenagers, it's similar, like a loss of a loss of what you've previously loved to have to do. So are you like skipping school? Are you, you can't stay awake during school? Are you dropping out of your sports activities? Are you in a relationship that's very controlling? Um, all very red flags. Those are huge red flags. So again, going back to a peer group at school is such a really great part of the solution because again, um, kids are going to want to, kids will be way more apt to share with each other than with adults for fear of shame or embarrassment. And kids can say, Hey, what's up with your boyfriend? Like you're, you've totally changed. Like you don't like to do anything that you previously like to do. And Hey, there's a mark on your hand. What is that all about? You know, even watching for, um, watching for any sort of bruising, um, cutting, sometimes traffickers try to, if they use um, force or physical abuse as a means to control, not all of them do, but some of them do. And then they would typically try to make that, um, that mark or that bruise in a place that is not obvious to see. So, so lots of different ways. Yeah, that's interesting. The circular play thing you were saying with the little people. I always thought little kids just are trying to learn mastery. So they're always trying to like do the same thing again and again. But um, interesting. And then any like obviously abuse to those areas possibly would probably. Yes, yes, exactly. Like in um, in the program that my prevention partner, Victor Pacini, developed, it's called Be Seen and Heard. And his language is just phenomenal. It's so simple. It's no one touches your private body parts unless it is to keep you clean and healthy. So do mom and dad help keep you clean and healthy sometimes. Yeah. Mom and dad help give me a bath. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Thumbs up. They're helping give you a bath. Awesome. What about when you go to the doctor or mom and dad or a guardian with you at the doctor? Yeah. Is it okay for the doctor to look or touch your private body parts? Well, yeah, it is thumbs up because they're keeping you healthy. What about a dentist? Which I chuckle at this because I'm married to a dentist, but going to the dentist. Like, is it okay for your dentist to look or touch your private body parts? Thumbs down. No, it's oh. not okay. Cause your dentist <laughs> is all about your smile and your teeth. Right. That's, that's the area. So just talking to, I think that language is so, it's so simple and so important. And then you're not only planting the seed, for these kids as they grow and helping them be safe, but you, we are interrupting abuse. So it is very powerful. It's not only changing the world for that child, for their family, for the classroom, for the community. It is, it's societal changing. It is flipping the switch on an epidemic, which is um, way more prevalent than any of us really really can wrap our heads around. So it's, it's way more prevalent than the one in four and one in six statistic. Um, so it is just so important to move past your, your discomfort. It's like, put that, 
put that in the back seat and, and move forward. And it's okay to get uncomfortable to talk about this because the more you talk about it, the easier it is. And keeping it top of mind for kids is huge. So. No, 100%. And forget about your discomfort. <laughs> These people are going through right now. Like, yes. yeah, no, it's time for us to, especially those of us who are protectors. This is, this is what we do. And I like it or not, you know, if you're an adult, there are people in your life and your family that you need to protect. You know, this is, this is, and there's a number of different ways we have to do it, you know, with these conversations, even financially, mentally, emotionally, um, this is, these are our duties, you know? Yeah. I, I a hundred percent resonate with this. Uh, what should someone do if they do, you know, in their, you know, toddler or in anyone in their family unit, any advice to how to begin dealing with something like this and what that looks like or what to do next, you know? So if they, if a parent has found out that they're, oh, suspects, um, to have, I mean, hopefully the child's at an age where they can talk, but just to have an open dialogue with your, with your child or whomever you're trying to address, because they usually will, once they know they have a safe place to talk about it, um, it, it, it can come up. Like, for example, when Victor goes into schools and we go into schools and we're um, giving this curriculum to kids, kids disclose. So um, Aaron's law was passed in 2014 and that's when Victor started this program. And since then 350 kids have disclosed. So they, they recognize that um, we're safe people to talk to. So, so it will come out. Sometimes it will come out a little later um, um, to a teacher. Sometimes you are just planting a seed and it might not come out for two more years. So it, that's a loaded question because it, it depends upon so many variables because is that child being threatened? Is someone threatening to kill their dog? If they tell, is they someone know. threatening to come after them if they tell, because that absolutely happens. So yeah. it depends. Let's say, um, let's say it's a coach. Uh, so someone outside the family uh, is sexually abusing your child, just keeping an open dialogue. And if you're, if your child suddenly um, has a fear or just like, like, Oh, Anxiety I about going to practice. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or the, the child could go completely the other way and like, Hey, this is introducing something different. This feels good. I really have this bond with this coach and the coach is totally um, grooming the child. So anyone it, who appears closer than normal like someone who's just gifting gifting a lot a lot of time and attention if it feels off just go with that so i mean i know i'm kind of all over the place with an answer i I, know i totally dig it it's just it's it's addressing it in a way where they feel safe enough to disclose this information to you or putting them in an environment where they will feel safe enough to start to actually open up and disclose this information so you can then deal with it and then removing them probably from those relationships then um, probably 
uh, wiping the person off of the face of the earth that is engaging in that behavior. <laughs> I mean, I shudder to think far be it from me, you know, anyways, God bless them. God bless everybody. We do need, we um, know if we had stricter laws, penalties, even the death penalty for people who are raping children, it yeah. would be a game changer. And I'm, I'm not a violent person, but you touch my kid you know, I'm going to unleash. So, and I feel like every, I hope, I wish every parent were like that. Don't be afraid or ashamed to stand up for your kid. Right. Um, What do you think? What do you think about this new pronoun game they're trying to get down on? Yeah. I'm saying like, I seen, I seen, actually, I reposted a video, uh, like last week, I think it was Sunday where there was a, um, a professor professor, we'll call it a professor that was uh saying something about well we prefer these pronouns we're just attracted to little people and it's like supposed to be fine Uh, what do you think map a minor attracted person that's the that's the acronym they were pushing which is very 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 dangerous so um there are some pedophiles that are trying to put a P into the LGBTQ plus acronym, which is, which is just wrong on so many levels because that is a criminal act. So there, it has no business being grouped with um, those other groups, but it's a very slippery slope. So and from my lens and from what I've seen and all that I've been learning about trauma from the trauma specialists I've been working with and meeting with the case studies, the anecdotal cases. So from my lens, and I'm not alone here, it is a band-aid approach to use pronouns uh, because we are avoiding the uh, a major root cause of gender identity confusion. And this is not a 100% of cases, but the vast majority of people who are confused about their gender have experienced sexual trauma. So if you introduce sex to a child, that that child, that individual is not emotionally ready, not physically ready, not mentally ready. It is confusing on mass levels and it is traumatizing to the point that some people do not recover from that. I have talked to women who have been sexually assaulted and they don't even want to be a parent. I've talked to women who have been sexually abused by a family member and they have a child and they can't even breastfeed the child because of the trauma. That is so beyond damaging. So we are, it's a slippery slope here. Um, when one, one group is trying to bleed its agenda into another and what, for example, if group, there are some groups trying coming into schools and, and saying that it's okay for these elementary students to choose their gender. Well, that is another form of sexual abuse that is completely inappropriate. And it is just feeding the normalcy of child sexual abuse. So the more vulnerable kids that we create, then as I stated previously, traffickers prey on those vulnerabilities. Yep. 
And the majority of people who have been trafficked have experienced sexual abuse. So it is a, it is very, it's very dangerous in my opinion and from my lens and it's past the time for people to just accept it. And, and people need to stand up and say, Hey, this doesn't feel right. This is, this doesn't feel feel like a good pathway here. And it is beyond confusing for a child. So, so I know there are lots of different opinions on that, but I, I just have a massive red flag there. And it's very, it's deeply concerning because human trafficking, remember we're the number one demand. So um, it is a follow the money, just like you said, it is a massive, massive industry. So if you peel back all the layers behind trafficking, we've got a lot of greed, we've got a lot of egos, we've got a lot of traumatized, disembodied people walking around trying to make a buck. And and it is it's a nicer term to say a person's violated, but let's call a spade a spade. It is child rape. They're profiting from child rape. So yeah. When, when is that ever okay? Right. Ever. It is never, ever okay. Or even when is it okay to expose a human that doesn't have the, 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 just the developmental structure to deal with sexual contact. When is it okay to expose them to that? Because you're minor attracted because you're attracted to people. Like we don't get to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's trauma. Called trauma. So it was either done, it was either done to you or yeah. you maybe have an unhealthy uh, porn addiction because you have a void. Um, yeah. and you're trying to fill it in an unhealthy way with porn and gone are the days when you had to walk to a video store or borrow, a magazine magazine. Or, yeah. you know, it is at your kids fingertips and yeah. it is so dangerous for these young kids to have, um, to have smartphones because there are some very, very, very dark things out there. Even um, just the the violence that is coming about as normal, like kink, um, kink and choking is becoming um, like it's trying to be normalized. But it is that is sexual trauma. Um, there was a case locally where. Um, two students were high school friends and now they're in college and uh, male, female. So uh, the female student is driving home um, for the holidays and her male friend said, Hey, while you're driving back home, stop by and see me. Oh, I'm staying at a hotel. Well, they're friends. They are friends. And he sexually assaulted her and is choking her. And she managed to get away. Oh, and by the way, he's videotaping it. So he's taping it to make a buck off of violent rape. So this is the, these are the dangerous things that, that we're seeing come up. And what is so, so, so important is to teach your kids I mean, granted, yes, women and men can be addicted to porn, but I'm speaking more to the men here. It is so important to teach your kids to not get off on someone's violent rape. Like if we, if like, that's the problem. So if you can teach like, like real valuable human connection, that's a wonderful start. Like 
that's, that's someone's daughter, that's someone's sister, that's someone's mother that is being brutally attacked. And then, oh, by the way, they're exploited and making money off of it. So yeah. it's just, it's, um, it's very, it's beyond destructive. And it's just, it, it's just exploded in the past 10 years. It's, it's disgusting. There are yeah like so many jobs, so many amazing people doing wonderful work in this realm. And some people say, I could never do what you do. Well, I could never be a dark web investigator. I would be too busy vomiting. Traumatized. No, yes, yes, yes. And these, um, so my hat's off to these people who are stomaching that work. Um, they have to do a lot to take care of themselves and to to sometimes detach from it because it, it, it can be very debilitating. And you like when I first found out about my my friend's kids being raped in their home um, for money, I was like so disoriented. I thought, like, what the hell is going on here? Like this seriously happens and you are looking I was looking for humanity again. I was like, what? Like, where are the good people? And so I feel very, very blessed to have partnered with some amazing people. People, I I say all the time, people are fascinating and frightening. And it's good to be both, but it's, it's, you got to have your antenna up for those people who are disembodied, the sociopaths. Um, who are highly trained They're They have been broken so severely, as you know, with your um, psych background, you break down someone so severely that the personality splits. Yeah. So, so with the nanny that my friends um, endured, when her hair would go up in a ponytail, they knew they knew that bad stuff was coming. So it's, um, it's very, there's a lot of mind control, um, that, that feeds into this and people are like, people grow up in this stuff. People yeah. grow up in these, in these families that, um, that trafficking is their business, like drugs, trafficking, that's their family business. I have the privilege of working with a survivor. She was kind, her name's Tiffany yeah. and she was kind enough to provide, to share her story to teens. She, on the outside, it looked like having a great life, like private school education, some really fancy cars on the driveway. Looks like mom and dad are doing well. But in reality, dad's what, dad was a drug dealer and selling his daughter. Um, so she had started being violated at age three. And so how, like, First of all, the fact that she's alive is amazing. And the the fact that she has overcome so much and the the fact that she has been empowered but to use her story to help others. Number one, understand that this exists. Like she's the face of this. This exists. So look at me. I'm here. I'm telling my real story. And yeah. then like, here is what I did to overcome it. And here's what you can do to be more aware and be safer. And yeah. she now, I want to give a shout out to her because she just received a, certi- a certification to be a, an equine therapist. So mm-hmm. um, like talking on the other end, um, healing and therapies for people to overcome some of these severe traumas. Um, horses are incredible. And what was her name again? 
Right. Tiffany. Tiffany, where can people find her? Is she like online or anything like that? You got some links you could send me after the. Yeah. Tiffany Jacobson. I will link to her um, yeah. in the notes in the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Um, rehabilitation. What is, what are a few considerations for that as we start to wind down? Well, if someone, first of all, rescuing someone from trafficking, it's not, you know, being a rescue operative, it's not all as sexy as it looks. It is gut-wrenching work and you, and not everyone wants to get out of the life because they are so manipulated. So they're so broken. They're so broken and, and just considered like an object, not even human, that they don't feel that they could possibly do anything else, especially if you're trafficked from, you know, a like the average age to get into trafficking is around 13. So if you're trafficked from age 13, like, and you've experienced nothing else, it's really hard to get out of it. So number one, super hard. So if you, if someone does want to get out of it and you offer a lifeline to them, um, the, the process can be, can be extremely, extremely challenging. Um, they have to want, they have to want to get out, but there are many different, um, there are many different systems set up to help, not enough. Um, there are not enough safe houses set up, but there are different healing modalities um, that can be done. And it just depends upon the person's level of like, what is, do they have a religious preference as spirituality preference and connecting with good people, good organizations to come out of this, to help them um, provide job skills, be a mentor, um, provide a safe living space. Uh, so, so, so many wraparound services, community support um, with people who who are aware, like, um, oh, like really aware of the issue and um, and all the traumas that go with it um, to help just wrap around and support the person. So, so there are a lot. So, so much is needed. There are many things going on, but to eliminate those needs, we can pour more into prevention. Right. So we can't, we, we absolutely can't keep up with the needs because they're so great. So, um, there, if you have, you know, the ability, I'll do your part. Yeah. yeah. Yes. If you, you guys have, link up with Rosie, she link up with Rosie, your contact um, will be down there. Oh, one amazing, um, community effort being done locally is um, I consult with a nonprofit called Stories Foundation and they're building a cafe and the cafe is a social impact uh, give back cafe and it will have uh, provide wraparound services for survivors and apartments for survivors and dignified work. So that's just one phenomenal example of how communities can come together um, to provide a solution to this issue and a place for people to go because, you know, great, you're rescued. Awesome. Now what? You, right. There's a long road ahead and, and many key elements need to come into uh, come into play and lay before the person so that they can be successful in their recovery wow. and believing them, but like just believing them really. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. Hardest lesson you've learned in the field. There it is. 
so many, but um, it's yeah. really, really, it's hard to look at um, the evil that is out there. Like, it's hard, like, wow, it, it, it's really there, it exists. Uh, so that's really challenging. But something I tell myself every single day is there are far more good people than not. Right. So I, I think just grappling with that, the, you know, the light, the light needs the dark and vice versa. So um, we can't have one without the other. So trying to remember that, that there's a reason and a purpose for all of this. And particularly in the time that we're in now, it is quite um, a shift that is beginning and that is still needed to, to uh, move forward, to really uh, get people to wake up to this. Wow. Awesome. Proudest moment in the field. Proudest moment in the field is when I first interrupted some physical abuse um, mm-hmm. happened by um, one student was experiencing physical abuse by her father, and she had the courage to tell her teacher um, after I presented in her classroom. So that wow. that was a, a life changing moment for me that was like, wow, like I was so like my heart broke for her. Uh, but I was so happy that she, um, had the help that she deserved. Wow. That's so meaningful. That's the stuff. That's what it's all for. That's beautiful. But yeah, no, and what you said about evil and how dark it can be and, and, and really, I mean, it just, you've got to be strong enough to look at it so you can address it so you can deal with it. So good people. I mean, it's the ethos of what I'm doing. Like my life's work is helping being the world become a safer place, making the world a safer place by helping good people become more dangerous, more willing, capable, and prepared. And that has to do with first getting them to a place where they can acknowledge and realize and accept the fact that evil is out there and you have to be strong enough to look at it and accept that and then do what must be done. And this is where all the other components of preparation and whatnot come in. But yeah, I think a huge problem we have now is that folks just don't want to look at it. They just want to keep on playing angry birds and bejeweled on their phones and try to stay comfortable. And so people like us, yeah, I remember Angry Birds as a throwback. But anyways, that's like talking about a Game Boy these days. Ain't nobody remember Angry Birds. But, but you know, what it was about Atari? What about Atari? Yeah, yeah I know. Okay. <laughs> no, no, Atari. I'm but older no, than no. you are. Yeah, that stuff is it's so big. As good people, it's not enough just to be good. We have to be formidable. We need to be able to face evil. We need to be strong enough by the grace of God to do these things. This is what we're here for. We are the white blood cells in the body of humanity. We're the protector DNA in this human experience on this planet right now. Um, And people need us, you know, so it's, it's incumbent. It is a, it is, it's more than just something cool to do. It is a responsibility. It's a duty. That's the word I'm looking for Um, that, that we must, we must answer, you know? So I love all that stuff. Thank you so much for your time. It's for your time and attention. This has just been tremendous. I hope y'all need to share this podcast with everybody too. Y'all listen and share this information, get it out there, you know, so people can really start to wrap their minds around these things and what they can do and what they should look for, you know, the soft skills or everything. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap this thing up, Rosie? Um, you always ask someone about a quote, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so I am a quote junkie. Yeah. But, um, 
I'm a huge Dr. Joe Dispenza fan. I think he's he's doing some phenomenal work. So his quote is, we are all faced with opportunities brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. So I feel like that's so applicable to this realm is that it is massive. It is very dark, but it is such a gift for me personally to be aligned with really phenomenal people doing, doing what they can in their, in their realm. So no one can solve this problem alone. It will not be solved until the majority of the population can look at it, acknowledge it, realize it's here and, and do what you can do what you can even be in the teen hangout house. You're helping, you're helping combat human trafficking by providing that space and being an active and engaged parent. So, so many things, um, very small and, and really big that people can do to come alongside this issue. It's, they're really limitless opportunities in this realm to come alongside it. So it's really tapping into yourself and, um, seeing how best your gifts can, can can come out yeah like your gifts like we all can impact this thing in a different way and that's what it's going to take and i love that quote you know because that is the reality like everything looks so impossible and it's like it's like such a disguise it's like false evidence appearing real stuff you know like oh no one's ever done that people don't do that you know then i'm like sitting over here like man i'm so glad i didn't listen to any of you people god bless you you know but like come on you know there's your voice like hashtag Tower of Babel, man. Like God had to be like, you know what? I have to come down here and stop these people because they can do anything they want. Like, come on, you know? Like We all have some, we all have these incredible gifts within us. I think some of us are just too busy and too conditioned yeah. uh, to really tap into them. But when you really, when you open yourself up to this realm, and you are truly wanting to make a difference, you will be amazed at what happens and the people who come into your life. And um, like the fear, the fear just melts away. You're like, all right, I know what I need to do. And we're going to go after it. So even when doors closed, even when doors are closed, I have to remember that I am changing a person's consciousness about it. So even when the doors are shut, it's like, all right, it can be really frustrating. That's why I have a punching bag in my basement. Um, <laughs> totally good therapy, but I have to remember planting seeds is really, it's really important too, even though a lot of these changes should have happened yesterday, but it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Just keep on, keep it on. I love it. No, and keep on doing it. You know, that's how we get somewhere. That's the game, you know, seed time and harvest everything, you know, we're planting seeds. We are, that's what we do. You know, um, where are you these days? What are you up to these days? Where can people find you? So I will give all my information in the show notes. I'm, I'm on Instagram, Rosie Cataldo. I'm on LinkedIn, Rosie Cataldo and my prevention partners, childhood victories, um, Chicago. So honored to partner with them. And I, um, super honored to consult with stories foundation. If anyone has, um, and just 
just curiosity about Stories Foundation and the cafe, and maybe they want to franchise it, their franchise opportunities. And yeah. I do do speaking on this issue as well. I speak to groups, um, like even, you know, child safety councils to grad students at Georgetown. So um, I love talking to groups about this issue. There's so many different, different elements to it. And yeah. um, so always happy to do that as well. And if anyone's interested in being a rescue operative or learning how to set up a safe house or wants to be really dive deep into this training, I know you and I have both attended the Association for the Recovery of Children's training. Mm. Phenomenal. It's it's life changing. It's uh, yes. it's a great one. So just an excellent resource out there that's available for you. Yes, absolutely. Baz, uh, Boz, Bazel Boz and his boys, like they do awesome work. They're the real deal. I'm a personal friend. Uh, if you guys are looking for an, or- an organization that's actually really, really impacting this fight, going ahead and look up ARC. In fact, we'll include their web address in the show notes. Um, so you guys can go ahead and link up with him. You can learn more about Boz as well on another episode of this podcast. Uh, back towards the beginning of bed. Let me just get you guys a. Uh, he and Tina Paulson are just phenomenal people. Right. Um, their organization is just totally vetted, doing incredible work. I encourage you if you are checking out a nonprofit in your area, just do your homework. Um, some really awesome groups out there. And then there's some, you know, not as awesome groups. So just yeah. anyone can pull up someone's um, 990 and check them out. Yes. Around, talk to people. Don't just go off social media and fancy marketing. And give your money to, to them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? uh, and so I, I just got sweet. Yeah. Uh, Basel Baz. That episode is going to be in the show notes as well. So you guys can check them out. Awesome work being done there. Thank you so much, Rosie. It's always an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I'm honored at your, um, just your heart to go and give what you got and impact this fight. You're a warrior um, in your own right, you know, spreading light, bringing light into the darkness, you know, and I, I really, really value that. And I really want people to, you know, see that and be inspired, you know, like instead of looking in the mirror and thinking like, well, who am I? It's like, you might be everything to another person when it comes to snatching them out of the darkness, no matter what, you know, you believe about yourself, even that you might be the only chance you, you choosing to overcome your fear and insecurities and give what you got, your widow's might, your two cents, your just some effort and brain power could be the only chance someone who's locked in a room right now being victimized has, you know, or, or that doesn't know how to approach, you know, getting freedom from this thing. Cause it's a family member has, you know, so, you know, even if it's just, even if it's just spreading awareness about the situation. Um, but I hope you'll do more than that. We all got to get in this fight. We got to keep our children safe and um, stop the momentum that this thing's picked up. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much for all you're doing and your voice and your platform. It's really, it's very encouraging and it restores my faith in humanity, to be honest. Thank you. So grateful. So grateful that we met. 
100%. Absolutely. Thank you. And Rosie's a real deal. Y'all connect with her afterwards. If you are wondering how you could get involved, yo, send her some DMs, connect with her as well. You know, she's full of ideas and she's relentless and she's a connector. And I love those things about her. So, Thank all right, you. y'all, it's an honor. With that, we will see y'all next time. Boom. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, Anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, That helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.